The next three weeks, we want to be very transparent with you. If you're visiting with us and you're wondering what kind of church we are and who we are, we're going to explain that in the next three weeks in a variety of ways. So today, we're going to go back in time a few years and show you where we've been to illustrate how we got to this point and to, to remind you of how this journey started. Next week, we're going to talk about where we are now. What is currently taking place, we're going to review our mission, we're briefly going to discuss our core values, and we're going to talk about what is happening right now. On November the 14th, we'll talk about where we're going, where we see this um, church, our church family, in four to five years. We're going to talk about how we need your help, how we need volunteer help. Mark's going to illustrate, you're going to see, I'm not sure if he's going to bring this out today, but we'll illustrate from the two previous church health assessments that we... One of our biggest challenges is the lack of volunteers. So on November 14, it's going to be a call to action, a call to connect, a call to serve, a call to get connected. We've been talking about your voice, and Mark's going to begin illustrating that in just a few minutes. And he's going to illustrate what your voice has said and how we have responded to your voice in the last five or six years. Your voice. That's an interesting statement. I want to say a few things about your voice. What does it mean we, when we say we want to hear your voice? Well, obviously, there are many voices in a congregation. Obviously, there's two sides to any decision, any subject, anything we do in moving forward, and we can't honor every voice. So when we say we're, we want to hear your voice and listen to your voice... We want to listen and we want to do what's best for this congregation. But some will say, well, you're not listening to my voice, which means you're not doing what my voice says to do. And I hope you, you know that we, we can't do that because there's always going to be a voice on the other side saying, well, you're not listening to my voice. So our goal is not to make everyone happy. Our goal is to create a healthy church and we are listening. So how do we proceed? How do we proceed with your voice? Well, one of the ways we listen is through the church health assessment. We did that in 2016. We did that in 2018. And the CHA is a, a great tool that measures the health of a congregation. And it's, an, it's a way for you to express your voice. So let me say this real fast. If you feel like your voice isn't being heard, I'd like to invite you to come to the auditorium class today. I opened a discussion last week. I don't want to take you away from any of your regular classes, but um, we opened a discussion last week where I, I want to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice. So let's start today, talk about the journey. Our current journey actually began back in 2016. Granted, this church has been here for uh, over 100 years, and there, there have been very uh, quite a few pivotal points through those 100 years, but I want to go back to 2016. At that time, the elders had a leadership retreat. It was the elders and the staff and Don Hebbard. And the elders at that time were Tommy Beaver, Joe Compton, Ken Foster, Weldon Fritz, Dave Jarrett, Roy Lane, Joe Ritchie, and Rodney Wall. And they read a statement to the congregation. Actually, I read the statement and they all stood down front. Actually, it wasn't even in here. We were going through renovation. We were in the gym and those elders stood down front. Here's what that statement said in 2016. The elders and ministers met this last weekend for our leadership retreat with Don Hebbard. 
and we wanted to communicate some of the results of our time together. We want you to know we accept ownership of the direction of our church in areas of growth and improvement. We commit to be more intentional about communication, about being transparent, about raising up the next generation of leaders. We commit to building up this church family and we want and will be seeking your input. We will continue to work with Don Hebber to become a better leadership and to become a stronger church as we transition to a more open, participatory, and empowering body of believers. Some of the things we need to address and prioritize are still being worked out, like the congregational health analysis, the church health assessment, and our plans to raise up our next generation of leaders. We promise to keep you informed. We do all this for the glory of God. So just in case you don't know, if you're not aware of who's this Don Hebbard guy, between um, Jordan Hubbard, who was the previous preacher, Don did the transitional preaching for, I don't know, 15, 18 months between Jordan and my arrival, and we continued to use Don Hebbard. This is really how our current journey started. Our intention has never been to negate any previous eldership. Our intention has been to build on the direction based on the statement I just showed you. This statement began a journey. We've been on this journey for over five years. It didn't start with this current eldership. It actually started back in 2016. In fact, it started before that. Again, Don Hebert, it started 15, 18 months before then. And we continue to build on that statement and that vision of, of that previous eldership. But I want to say this, we're, we're building on your voice. Mark's going to illustrate that. If you think your voice is not being heard, we're going to illustrate that over the next three weeks. So your voice was strong. In 2016, 274 adults responded. In 2018, 224 adults responded. And this year, we've had 205 responses, which I think is huge in the midst of this thing called a pandemic. So at this time, Mark Grovender, one of our shepherds, is going to continue this journey. Thank you. <clears throat> For those of you who know me, I'm a nerd and a computer geek, and Richie's not. So it's kind of ironic I can't turn on a microphone. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk a little bit about this congregational health assessment. And part of the reason for doing this is to also talk about why. Why change? Um, we all go through change. Change happens in our lives. But a lot of times we may not stop and ask why we do what we do. Um, this congregational health assessment, as Richie said, is uh, an opportunity to hear your voice. It's a framework for assessing church health. It's developed by the Cyber Institute at Abilene Christian University, and they've used it in a lot of different places. But um, as we mentioned, it's a, it's a chance for your voice to be heard. Um, one of the things that's good about this, there's several things. One is that it's a, it's a structured approach to take input and analyze it and, and give feedback back instead of just a random thought kind of thing, so some structure to it, and that's good. Another thing that's good about it is every voice, every one of us that participate in these surveys is weighted the same. Each voice is equal, and that's important when looking at a church health and the direction we want to go. So let me talk a little bit about this, this framework and uh, what it looks like. So there's nine areas that they have within this, and you can see these here, things like vision, mission, and goals, or worship, or um, perception of family stages. So they spend a lot of time at the Cyber Institute under, trying to understand what does church health look like. 
And this is the framework that they developed. And so they take our que the questions we answer in these surveys, and they process that. And all those questions align with each of these areas. And then for some of us, that make, they make it simple in terms of what is the high-level net result. And the way they do that is they code these in red, green, and yellows, which is you know, what you think of with red, green, and yellow. Red, not so good. Green is good. And so that's the approach they take to simplify things. But then there's deeper information in there that you can always go into if you're interested. So let's look at the 2016 uh, Congregational Health Assessment that was done. So there are several areas of improvement that you can see here. And, and there are a lot of actions that were taken after this <clears throat> and, in, and in being intentional about doing better. One of which was the commitment that Richie mentioned from the previous elders about raising up the next generation of leaders. And that happened in 2017. Another thing that was done was uh, to look at, at 2018, we identified some core values for that year that we wanted to pursue. So you can see these core values here that we, we set out, and this is driven by your voice through the Congregational Health Assessment, ways in which we wanted to do better. Uh, we accomplished some of these things, some of these we could have done better at, but the, the point of it is that we were striving to do better and focusing on these, th these things. So after this, we did another Congregational Health Assessment in 2018. Let's look at the results of that. So you can see some improvement there. Still opportunities for doing better, but improvement nonetheless in how we were, we were doing. Um, so I want to show you a comparison of 2016 to 2018. And so you can see here that in each of these nine categories, we did better. And that's good. That's a good thing. And, and these conversations sometimes are challenging because we don't want to sound like we don't appreciate or, or that previous leaderships have not done well. They've done well in their time and, and have built a foundation on which we move forward. But we also have to realize when we need to do better. So we did better, we, but we didn't do, still not doing as well as we want to. And so let me boil it down even further from that uh, 2018's Congressional Health Assessment. In particular, if you look at that 2018 side, your right side of the slide there, some strengths we have that were identified, but then there are a couple of uh, areas that were challenges, congregational culture and family life stages. And I'll talk a little bit more deeply about those items just for the sake of time. The, the leadership also feels like the area, those nine areas, is one called leadership, another called uh, vision, mission, and goals. And those we want to pay attention to because those kind of indicate how we're doing as leaders. So look a little bit deeper into this, and this is busy. There's a lot of data here. I get that. But um, these are kind of, if you would, subcategories of those, uh, like this one, stages of family life ministry. And so those questions that we answer feed into this. Um, so things like um, singles belong and included, uh, enough couples classes, young adults belong and are included. Um, so if you took all that of this particular area, this factor area, and say, well, what does it really mean? It means we need to do better offering things for young adults, professionals, singles, couples, families. So we did things over the last you know, five-ish years, things like Coffee and Conversation, which is a different format of a, of a Bible class. Um, we uh, focused, created more of a focus on UMHB and attracting students. 
Uh, we have a young professionals, young singles class uh, specifically to target uh, that demographic. And so we've done things to try to address this need, this challenge. So this is one of the nine areas that um, needed attention. Another is on church culture and congregational values. And, and here again, you can see where we improved in these areas. Um, but I want to point out some things that, and one thing in particular, what Richie touched on, is um, needs attention. And um, that is uh, the idea of recruiting and keeping volunteers. And then also in here, it talks about um, membership. Um, new member, um, changes do not cause people to leave and uh, um, people staying in, at, at our church. Um, well, those improved as well, but we need to do better about um, managing change and, and how things are done, which is why we're talking about this today. So what's the message of the 2018 Congregational Health Assessment? The message there is that we need to offer classes and ministry that appeal to young families um, and, and uh, singles. We need to get more members involved. And that's what Richie touched on. That was one of the big things was how do we get people to volunteer more and be involved? And we've talked about this before. When we volunteer and do things, whether in this church building or out in the, our community or in the world, it strengthens our faith. It builds our faith. It stretches our faith. Um, but that's what we needed to go do. We need to go do is, is to get more people involved, more volunteers. And you may be wondering in some ways, well, why does this all matter? And hopefully we're com communicating to you why this matters. It matters because we want to hear your voice. We want to be a healthier congregation. And I know that presentations like this sometimes for people that are not data-oriented, that's like, I don't want to come to church to hear a presentation or a bunch of information and data. I've come to hear a sermon, and I get that. The reason why to talk about this is this. Love God, love others, make disciples. God calls us to do this. This is what we're called to go do, is to love him, love others, and make disciples. <clears throat> a lot of you have seen organizations develop mission statements. And this is a mission statement we developed in January, on June 4th of this year. It's nothing new, but it's our mission statement going forward. But a mission statement by itself does nothing. They're just words on a wall. If we don't do things to make it happen, if we don't plan things and take action on things, it, nothing, nothing changes. So we need to pray. Prayer is an important part of our relationship with God. Prayer is how we connect with God. And he connects with us. We connect with each other through prayer. Um, so we need to pray about our church and where we're headed. And we need to trust God. We're called to trust in Him, lean on Him. We also need to plan. Planning is part of life. Planning is part of the Bible. God's a planner. God is a planner from the very beginning. In Genesis, he said, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Notice it says here, Let us make. This is an active voice. This is not God sitting around and saying, Let's just kind of hang out here and see what happens. This is being active. Proverbs has quite a bit about, being, about, about planning. 
Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps, which this one is a good illustration of how we live our lives in, in, conjunction, in, in a dual way of prayer and listening to God and listening to his voice and taking action. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. This talks to me about the Congregational Health Assessment and how each of our voices in that go into what we want to go do. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. This talks about how it's ultimately God that's in control, not us. We, We need to pray. We need to plan. We need to do. That's what call, God calls us to do. Jesus was uh, aware of the idea of planning. He uh, talks about this in Luke chapter 14. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not sit down, first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. This chapter in Luke is where Jesus is talking about that decision we make to follow him and the cost of being his disciple, what it means to go take him on in our lives. It's a choice, and it's an, it's an intentional choice, much like what Penn did today. It's a decision. So, we've gone through a lot of the last five-ish years. We've done a lot of changes. This has been driven, as Richie has pointed out, by your voice in the Congregational Health Assessment. We feel like that um, it's been a challenge over this past five-ish years, especially with things like the pandemic. But we've made progress, and we know that God is in control, and that we trust God to lead us. Um, so we ask that you be in prayer. The elders have been in prayer. The staff have been in prayer. We've been meeting and talking about things along this line uh, for a long time. Our June 4th uh, vision workshop was great and helped us to really um, tune in to not just this mission, but the whys. Why should we go do this? Uh, the why is because we want to love God, love others, and make disciples. The why is because as a congregation, you've said we need to do better in some ways. Uh, we need to do better in our church. We need to do better in our community. We need to do better in our world. Um, this is a lost world, and we're all sinners. But we can all do better. Um, and we're fortunate, we're blessed that God gives us an avenue for doing better. So next Sunday, Richie said, we're going to talk about where we are. And then the Sunday after that, we'll talk about where we're going. But all through this, we're trying to answer the question of why. Why do we go do what we do? And the reason we go do what we do is because we love God, we love other people, and we want to make disciples.